seems to be a thread here of all things we can't remember. It's Alan from DPD. I think you'll find there's already one 6x9 installed sort of off-centre. Is that that because the other one was stolen? (laughs) And then out the back of his van, he was quietly (laughs) selling (laughs) Rainex kits, and I probably bought five because I'm a massive sucker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second podcast from the Pro Detailer Magazine team. This week, we're going to be talking about a couple of things. First and foremost, we're going to be looking at coming back to work after lockdown and the sort of sensible, common sense precautions that we can take to make working safe for us, for our families and for our customers. And hopefully we'll be able to add some sort of constructive advice for that. Then we're going to take a little wander through what we like to do to our cars in summer or rather in preparation for summer. Everybody talks about winter preps, but what about summer preps? Can we make that a thing? And finally, we're going to just touch on what we have been doing personally on our cars during lockdown just to keep our eye in and just to enjoy ourselves detailing. So uh, I'm going to turn to our hero, James Keeley. <laughs> and um, ask him what sort of precautions are sensible to take uh, when you're coming back, if you're a valetor or a detailer, uh, and you're coming back to work. Well, I think we've we've seen a massive split in the industry where there have been, I'd, I'd say, probably half. Do you think? Mm, yeah, half, half of detailer valeters. Depends what you're going to say, really. Half, <laughs> half of what? I think half half of the industry have have, main, have carried on working. I think some people took a very brief break and then realised that they couldn't or wouldn't for whatever reason. Yeah, and we we saw, I mean, certainly within PVD, the trade yeah. association that we run, we saw a a definite split of people who were, you know, absolute campaigners for stay at home, which uh, you know we believe was the correct thing to do, still do, um, and then. The other half who physically couldn't. Yeah, and we, not that we were blaming those who physically couldn't. Um, you know, there's a spectrum, and also it's a judgment. If you say I absolutely can't, for some people they're willing to to go to sort of more more strain, if you like, than others. But then it's a it's a personal decision. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, obviously at the, at the very beginning the the financial situation was beige to say the least. It was very patchy. We weren't sure what was going to happen. You know, and it was it was kind of too little, too late for a lot of guys. Um, I know there's quite a few businesses that have closed down or chosen a different career path. Um, I yeah, I don't know how many actually have this early on. I think long term or medium term, we're definitely going to see a. Um, I don't think we saw many within PVD, but I I, I know that there's a few of the smaller outfits sort of on the skirt of the industry. Yeah, certainly if you'd only just started, there is no government support for you. If you've if you've done if you're kind of through your first year, which is you know a requirement for entry into the trade association anyway, you at least would well fewer people fell through the gaps. And accounting was a massive issue as well. I mean, we know that a lot of smaller businesses run cash in hand or cash only operations, and and bookkeeping isn't you know the most important thing on their agenda. Unfortunately, when the government help came round, it, yeah. it really benefited those who. More diligent, yeah. And, and didn't market, buy book. Yeah. I mean, the, the time of year is obviously going to be a massive problem for most of them because a lot of this trade are treading water over winter, and it's around that sort of March time that people are starting to come back, start to get the income boost they need to make sure it's a viable business going forward, and that just didn't materialize. Yes, and with no instant income, uh, from the uh, the grant with the rate relief scheme and the self employment scheme taking. Two, best part of two months to come in, then people just didn't have a choice but to scrap it and do something else, even if it's only temporary. I think you'll see a mm. lot of these people popping back up once everything is back to normal, or as back to normal as it's going to be. But while there's still this uncertainty out there. Yeah, well, I mean, we had um, airline pilots who, who'd uh, been furloughed or left and were working for Amazon Fulfillment. So they're, they're not going to live on, on, on fulfillment for the rest of their life. They're going to go back to being airline pilots, hopefully at some point. And that was the one thing that... Uh, member was talking to me about saying, well, at least it'll kind of it'll clear out the industry a bit in in a way of pruning pruning the week, if you like. But actually, if you think back to the last recession, um, 
what happened when a lot of people came unemployed from other jobs is that they went into valeting detailing because the entry is very low in terms of the cost, in terms of the skill level, in terms of the prerequisites. I think it's very, it's very circular. You're always going to get uh, people coming in, leaving the industry. It's mm. you, you're always going to have a hovering of around the same amount of people doing this. And to be fair, quite a lot of the successful detailers that I I know. Um, do have, I call it kind of secondary employment or backup jobs. So a couple I know who are, for example, truck drivers who, when um, it goes quiet in winter, they'll just go out and drive the trucks. And some who, who actually structure their business around taking a, a three-month sabbatical during the winter and they either go off on holiday or go and do a different job, um, which is, I suppose, catering for the, the variances in demand in our industry. I think another thing that hit us quite hard is the the tail end of 2019 was exceptionally quiet for the industry it's probably the worst winter we've had since the recession um i know a lot of sounds like a russian novel this (laughs) yes it was the worst winter since recession it was a dark but with with a russian accent instead (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was it was it was unusually quiet last year um the the tail end of 2019 was was tough um and i think that the knock-on effect of that leading straight into the outbreak, yeah. I think that is what crippled a lot of the smaller businesses. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's also worth saying, well, the point that we were making about those who didn't keep the records and might have done a little bit too much cash and handwork, um, it's also affected perfectly legitimate business owners who have paid themselves in dividends rather than um, through conventional PAYE systems or, or those also have just paid back their bis- uh, their director's loans uh, because that doesn't count as income in, in terms of getting support of the government. So th- those who fell through the gaps didn't all fall through the gaps due to slightly casual accounting. A lot of it was public legitimate. They just weren't covered. Well, I was saying it, it, it was maybe a short-term deficit from that point of view. Um, they didn't get as much help right now, but they probably... They're probably about even for the score with what they've saved over the years anyway. So it's not like they've taken out of their pockets, just been put into their pockets at a different time. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm speaking as one of those who does pay themselves as part in dividends. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just how accountants have set up the business to uh, to work. I suppose. And you save, what, 4% or so on, on paying by dividend as opposed Something to like income. It, yeah. yeah. So it, it does make a bit of a difference. Um also, the we were saying that the uh, kind of the late twenty nineteen wasn't great, but I also look for the long term ones because we've lost in the last couple of years we've lost some very established businesses, and I think that's more to do with year on year of um, of tough times. I mean, the last good good year all round I think was twenty sixteen from just from my position of, of communicating with members over over well since twenty twelve. I think fifteen sixteen was not bad, mm-hmm. but. Um, 17 wasn't great. I was childless then. <laughs> I, I had a Mini Cooper S. Good, <laughs> good times, good times. Well, that's I think why I you didn't have a child, because, yeah. you know. Just for, just for clarity, love take, my son. Take, great. It, yeah. it, takes, it, takes great a female, it takes a female and a male to produce a child. Actually, yeah, it was April what? 2016 when you last <laughs> smiled. Did you? Yeah, no, you last oh, smiled. Oh, me? I smile the whole time, but that's most was of the drugs. Was it a smile or was it just gas? <laughs> gas relief. <laughs> But as, as far as returning to work, I think there's, I think there's going to be a, a real sort of staggered approach to this now. Mm-hmm. I think the guys that have already been working will maintain what they've been doing so far. And I think mm-hmm. that there is an alarming lack of urgency to what their processes now include. Um, you know, we know through the trainings and the assessments that we've done, we know that PPE has been way down the list in importance yeah and Um, chemical safety chemical knowledge the number of people who don't sort of understand the ph system and and the relevance of it but Uh, but those if you consider that there are there are professional detailers out there that have that view on the job if you then consider asking them to wear ppe for something they can't see yeah maybe don't necessarily believe all the hype um you know it's it's tricky. I mean, it's difficult to, um, you know, it's difficult to. Well, I'm not sure why we've got a doorbell in the studio. It's our special mystery <laughs> guest. It's Alan from DPD. Well, strangely, we say that, but actually, that is PPE being delivered that I ordered earlier in the week. Um, as it happens, because we've been stocking up. So in terms of practical advice, one thing we've been working on, and PVD members have access to it, but anyone can research and develop it on 
internet is uh, creating a risk assessment specifically to take into account COVID-19 risks. Uh, the other elements to consider, PPE, some of it's difficult to get hold of at the moment, but it's not impossible. Keep searching. It's worth having. Even if you can't get full respirator, qualified face masks and stuff, anything can potentially reduce the risks. There is one thing to note about that, though. The deficit of stock generally, from what I've seen, because I've done a lot of research in this over the last few weeks, only applies to disposable PPE. So if we look at stuff like the masks, we know that FFP3 or N95 or N100 is kind of the level we want to be looking at from our point of view as detailers and validators. Yeah. That's what we should be using anyway. Regardless of COVID. Yeah. For the reusable ones, like the uh, 3M, the 3M yeah, ones see, and stuff like that, they're, they're all in stock. You say that. I, yeah. I, I, I was looking for a set of uh, filters for both my 3M mask and the, the blue Screwfix one I use as well, yeah. blue mask, and just can't find them anywhere. Filters. Yeah, well, actually, no, sorry, I can find the filters for the blue one on eBay, currently retailing around about, well, when I looked a couple of weeks ago, retailing for around about £90. They should be about 13 So I had a look on Screwfix again two days ago, and you can buy the, um, sem- the semi-disposable, so it's the 3M ones that are N95. They're actually P3, which is equivalent to N100. And they are uh, vapor and particle filter. So you can use them for solvents, which is ideal for valises, detailers. Um, they had those in stock, and they were the same price that I paid two years ago. Um, so I think... For the disposable components, like the filters that go onto the respirator ones, the prices have been hiked up. But for the ones that are semi-disposable, yeah. there's plentiful stock out there if you go and look for it. I think the key is to look for it. And, and also, the normal places that you get it might not necessarily have it. But look around, because you know it's not just our trade that, that will have those in. Think about gloves as well in terms of PPE, always important. Um Another really, really important thing is, and it should kind of come into play when you're putting your risk assessment together, is, is thinking ahead. So you've got to work out ways to minimise customer contact and minimise contact if you employ somebody or are an, are an employee in a, in a multi-person sort of detailing environment. And thinking ahead and things, little things like send an email out to your customer before they attend in terms of telling them the procedure for dropping off the car, dropping off the key, put some things in place. And we've got some... I know who are, who are saying, right, drop the car. We're going to wait for two days before we work on it. And then after we work on it, we're going to leave it for two days before you're allowed to come and pick it up. And that's kind of a fairly reliable way, if you don't mind having, say, a car on the premises for six days, of doing it. And that works when there's a lower turnover of vehicles. But there are other things you can put in place simply... Uh, if you think of all high contact areas, so once you've done a car and you're happy with it, go over primary controls, door handles, touch points um, with disinfectant just as a final touch is a nice little bit. And also think about the key itself. You know, there are sometimes you can give the key a wipe over. That will help. And, you know, avoid contact. I know it's it, it's good to shake hands with your customers or, or some might even be at a kind of hugging stage. Um, but obviously that is completely off the menu and you need to make sure that they know that before they turn up so you don't end up being chased around the yard by by, by a slightly particularly um yeah i mean you have to you have to assess your customers before you try the 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 foot, the foot touch shake because they might just think you're kicking them yes it's not good for repeats that customers. only works in certain parts of the country yeah, yeah. hi works up north <laughs> the other thing as well is is as, as, with regard to planning ahead there are loads of little things that people seem to overlook as well within this whole sort of um call it a crisis yeah um fuel you know if you're out on the road every day don't put a tenner in the van fill it if you've got to go and touch a fuel pump especially when it's 99p a litre at the moment oh yeah exactly we just have high fives all around for that (laughs) just for reference if you head up to morrison's in stoke-on-trent it's currently about one pound three for diesel do you you get a free pie with it oak cake in stoke-on-trent oak cake chap your art Go to your local pub and get seventy p pint. I would imagine. Yeah. But yeah, you know, fill the van with fuel, and then you're the, only you're only sorry. well fill, fill the fill the fuel tank, tank yeah. not, not the van because you know, no no. I've seen a Mercedes Sprint that's had a diesel tank in the back of it that's leaked. It's not easy to clean out. It gives you a headache after a bit. But yeah, if, you know, it's it, instead of making 
six, seven trips to a fuel station a fortnight, make one. You yeah. know, because if you think about high contact areas, you know, we were all avoiding going shopping as much as we can and we're avoiding seeing friends and family as much as we can. I do you're that touching anyway, a, to be you're fair. touching a fuel pump that potentially three, four hundred people a day have touched. See, I, I've thought about this, and the best way around that is just to hold the, the pump straight up in the air and squeeze it a few times. Let the petrol run down. I, don't do this, really. I'm joking. <laughs> You're all looking at me as if oh, I was well, actually doing I just think we'd have to put my fag out first. Yeah, well, no, that's the thing. You, you need the heat to uh, to really get it active. Heat kills it. I've yeah. heard it. Yeah. Heat, heat kills, kills everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the family. Like, you know, planning ahead for your journeys, your maintenance and stuff. Make sure your vehicles are in good condition. You know, The RAC have seen a massive spike. Mm. Huge spike in breakdowns since the MOT rule was brought in. Although less since Burt stopped driving Subarus around. This is true. It's taken a big, big profits, hit to the share price. Their profits have doubled for 2020. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've got a, a friend up north um, who runs an MOT station. And obviously for him, he's been open from day one for um, you know frontline workers to make sure their cars are roadworthy, yeah. tyres, servicing. Um, he, he shared a post the other day that you know, the, because people don't require an MOT now because of the break, they're deliberately avoiding getting an MOT. Like you, I'm not deliberately they know avoiding. their cars on roadway. No, the reason I'm not getting an MOT is if I go in there and take up 20 minutes of an MOT tester's time, plus the hour or so it'll take for him to recover from the joy of touching a 25-year-old Audi... Um, you know, think of the number of, of, of nurses and road sweepers who, who could have their vehicles looked after in that time. I mean, I, I'm just doing it for the greater good. Well, it was yeah. great, for, it was great for us. Our van went back off lease a little while ago, and they needed the, they, they kept on asking us before, oh, we need to get the MOT done before we get it back. You know, we need to sell it on and make, make money off of it. And the, the MOT ran out on the day after the, um, the lockdown requirement. The, the lockdown. So it was, oh, well, you'll be fine until June. Then. <laughs> you crack on. But it's, uh, you know, maintenance on the vehicle make sure you, you make sure your work vans are in good order you know if you yeah. don't want to go and get an mot at least make some basic checks on it before you set out on a journey if you're if you're some of these detailers that we know cover areas of 40 50 60 miles yeah you know if you're at the furthest point away and something happens on the van there isn't an endless list of people that can come and help you anymore no, and those that do are taking a risk in order to do it. You know, if you call out the AA, you're taking it away from potentially, I don't know, an emergency fix on an ambulance or something like that. So or you, you or me, stuck at the top of the road. Yeah, but I quite like breaking down. I've had, I've done so much. Of it. Sam, uh, the emergency sandwiches, the emergency services. Do, do they have AA cover? Uh, I don't know how they I, work. I'd assume they're, they're more centralised than that. Well, hang on. If you've got, like, God knows how many tens of thousands of emergency vehicles out there, I can't believe that there's, like, a seventh emergency service specifically for emergency vehicles. I think they actually just recover them back to the maintenance depot. Yeah, maybe. I don't. But know. either way, you know, the size of the A8, you're taking up a low loader. I'm taking up specifically a 12-ton low loader. Has happened. Last, time, last time I broke down, they ran out of recovery trucks, so they had to bring a delivery vehicle covered 12-ton delivery truck that was McLaren-branded because its normal day job is McLaren, but on the weekends, the drivers use it as, as backup recoveries. So, you know, it, it's used to having supercars in the back of it, and so I think having my car in there, just like a... My God, you know, I, th I thought... Well, I'm, I'm actually surprised with the breakdown rate of McLaren's. There was one available to take your car. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're just on a, a, a continuous shuttle service. And it was at this point the decision was made to, to take legal action. Um, no, no, I, I think McLaren's are very reliable cars in comparison well, to... Well, the McLaren F1 was a very reliable car because yes. of the engine came from... Uh, from a BMW, is that's, that what that's you right, yeah. Is yeah, that yeah, an M60 or is an M61 engine? Uh... Okay, well, this is pretty. I'm pretty sure it's an M60 that was the V12 developed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, See, I the, this is a scary thing. I knew nothing about BMW engine codes until I met James and started working together with him about a year and a bit ago, two years ago probably. And um, now you still I'm, know nothing about BMW engine codes. Well, I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I know the code of the McLaren F1, which is, I suppose, you could argue is McLaren knowledge rather than BMW knowledge, which is sort of less shameful. But um, that's mainly because when you went out to buy the Audi. Yes. You toyed with the idea of buying the better car and decided not to. Uh, well, Subaru don't make a big saloon, unfortunately. They only work in mid-sized vehicles. But no, you're right. The reason I, I had the option of an S-Class, as in old school, it's, it's not that I was the man of born, but just like S-Class, 7 Series or, or A8. And the A8 was the only one which had a decent tow uh, towing system and could take 2,000 400 kilos, whereas the equivalent S-Class didn't have a tow knob that could be fitted to it, and the equivalent 7 Series was something like 1,700 
kilos, which is pointless. The only thing you can do with that is like take a little trailer or a little caravan. That's because the people who bought a 7 Series new had a man who went and towed things for them. Yeah, elitist. Uh, not no, my they, sort, had a, really. they had a chap. Yeah. I'd oh, call the towing chap. Get him to go and collect the uh, go and collect the horse. <laughs> go and get the horse. Yes. Well, they probably had a Range Rover for the horse, but not, Audi, Audi not, people are much more grounded and sensible. And not Bert from Gloucestershire who wants to tow a I want to, I want so to, a trailer full of crud to the tip. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a lot to be said for mushroom compost, particularly this time of year. Keeps you warm at night. Yeah, we're back on to Audi's and BMW again. We are. There is a risk of this. Um, so let's move the topic on and talk about summer prep for cars from a detailing point of view. So I'm going to fly this one over at James. What do you do to your special four-wheel friend in time for summer fun? Well, the first thing is make sure they all work because that's usually my problem. <laughs> and then Christmas arrives. <laughs> you know, they, they, they've all, they all make trips successfully, but it's the space between the trips that causes me heartache. You know? um, I never realised, I, ne- I never thought the day would come where an E60 might run out of bongs. Um, <laughs> But yeah, for me, it's always been glass. I'm I'm a real stickler for. Is that the glass in the rear boot that you have to take out along with the rest of the rear boot because all the electrics on the E60 Beamer seem to go through a little tiny panel and get snapped off on the rear boot of an Estate Five Series? I mean, that's a low blow. Well, no, it's it's relatively high for you. It's almost head height. Those short jokes. Are really <laughs> um, no, I mean it's. I think ever ever since oh, what was it? the first glass coating I ever used was uh, G Technic G one I think is it G one? Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably Rainex to be fair. Well, well, yeah, of course, yeah, 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 Rain-X, so, yeah. I, I mean, Rainex, Rainex was yeah, Rainex was the first. There's one that magically used. comes with every single shed you buy from Homebase. You put it up and suddenly there's a Rainex bottle in the corner <laughs> and a half half used bottle of teacup. I think the first bottle of Rainex I bought was still marketed by Shell. I got mine from Autoglass when my windscreen was replaced in 2002 and I asked him what he used and he said, I swear by Rainex. And I believed him because I thought he's objective. And then out the back of his van, he was quietly <laughs> selling <laughs> Rainex kits and I probably bought five because I'm a massive sucker. Yeah, nine out of ten dentists recommend Oral-B. That's because they got boxes of it under the desk. <laughs> Unfortunately, the box is also filled with pound coins. Oh, God. Well, the weird thing is, on those adverts, the dentists are always terribly good looking. And every time I've been to the dentist, it's been an old man with halitosis. One of them was called Dr. Utka. And I wondered how he managed to fix teeth and make pizzas at the same time. He was a multi talented man, <laughs> Mr. Crunch. Uh, but yeah, Rainex. Rainex was the first one. Um, that was back in the days where I used to enjoy detailing cars. Um, you know, I used to go out every weekend. Hang on a second, I'm just going to go get my violin. <laughs> you know, it used to be the... I think that was even pre-clay bar days for me. So that was back in the super resin. just still using a bit of pumice. Yeah, a bit of pumice. <laughs> well, this <laughs> is just it. How did you get into... Because James uh, has got a, a very multifarious um, car-rubbing career, um, ranging from dealerships to um, running a team, I believe, and then obviously setting up shop... Um, with a, a proper high-end detailing bay up in Cheshire, um, what was what actually kind of got you into into touching cars? Internet. So for me, um, is that where you first saw a car? Well, no, the car was a, cars had wooden wheels when I first started detailing. <laughs> we used to have tin at varnish, tin at varnish, and some eighty grit. Have you tried SRP on a horse? It doesn't <laughs> bloody like it. But no, I think so. For me, it's. The thing is, well, you know my opinion on, on the, the valeting and detailing divide. Um, you know, it is literally a, a turn of phrase. It's not a, there is no difference in my opinion. I, I think it's a whole topic for, for, for a yeah, podcast, but I, I generally speaking, I agree. It is, it's, it's a very difficult one to call. But I, uh, for me, it was sort of the, when the car forums first sort of started going, I think the first one, I'm going to say it quite quietly, the first one that I was part of was one called... Uh, Rover Tech, um, and that was uh, I know. I know. So Ima- hang on, imaginary. Hang on, James. <laughs> you say that quietly as if you're humble, but you were getting terribly excited talking about a Tomcat, which is some sort of Rover. No, no, no. no, no. He, he, he was saying it quietly because all the Rover enthusiasts will get startled and drop their tea if you say it too loud. They're only used to Radio Three. Well, at least there'll be lots of Volvos for the professional analysts and detailers to be uh, clearing clearing tea stains out of. Now that Rovers have gone, they've all moved into Volvos. Ah, well, 
the Rover 75 is making a resurgence if you look on the uh, <laughs> sort of uh, anyway let's not get into Rovers you mean but, it's making a surge what's a good idea never get into a Rover <laughs> but, but, but for me the, the sort of the, the car forums were where people started talking about it mm. and for me from a valeting background it was all you know I just need a product that does this quickly where can I get it mm-hmm. um, and then it was sort of all clay bar and I remember the first, first time I ever used a clay bar, I took the whole clay bar out of the packet and I used it like a bar of soap on the car. How did that go for you then? Well, it worked, but I used an entire clay bar to do one car. Did you lube up properly? Or did it work? Yeah, no, no, it came, it was, it was, funnily enough, it was the Maguire's kit, which back then was about 40 quid because it was the only one you could get hold of. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was back in the days where I think I'd always, I'd grown up using Autoglim because my dad had various fleet cars and stuff that came with autoglim in the boot and um yeah Maguire's clay bar appeared and it was like oh Maguire's and then I went and got the um what was it called what was the three stage was it uh Miracle oh Miracle no um crystal grays oh that's going to be the red bottles yeah that was sort of the burgundy bottles yeah um I can't remember Oh, somebody Google it while we're talking. There seems to be a thread here of all things yeah, we can't remember. So, so for me, that that was it was it was the car forums that kicked it off. Yeah, um, but that was it was crystal something, wasn't it? Yeah, was it crystal? Crystal? I don't know. You guys are much older crystal than me. Crystal maze? No, crystal no, that, glaze? That, no, that that's that was. Uh, <laughs> da, da, da. Well, um, so that was sort of back then for me. Summer prep would be, uh, you know, some sort of silicon resin polish, mm-hmm. as in. SRP, as in super resin polish, every weekend. Um, and then we started messing around with waxes and stuff. But summertime, we'd hammer it. You mm. know, we'd really hammer it. We'd wash the cars every weekend. Um, you know, a few of my friends come around. My friend Nick had the uh, Tomcat Turbo. I had a 216 GTI. Uh, my other <laughs> friend had a Cavalier SRI. We're going way back now. Yeah. So, you know, Saturday, would be around my parents' house. We'd have all the Autoglim stuff out. Um, brand new Hydroflexi blades, because they were brand new thing then um, oh it's Deep Crystal Deep System. Crystal I don't deep remember crystal. it as Deep Crystal I don't know if they've Not changed sure. that um, so yeah summertime was Rain-X silicon resin polish and then a wax on top um, and bumper treatments do you remember when we used to have to like say, what about for the back car back to black yeah. what about for what what about for the car yeah, 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 yeah have a nice wax <laughs> just, a, just a night out before we go up club uh, <laughs> yeah in the, in the summertime we, uh, so one of my Rover 216 GTIs was a five-door, and that had grey plastic bumpers, mm-hmm. and they were like chalk. I mean, the car must have been, what was it? It was a K-Reg, 93. 92, K-Reg. 92, 92, and this must have been 2001. So what's that, nine years? Nine years, it seems new. Mm. The cars I'm driving now are older than that. Yeah. So yeah, nine-year-old, nine-year-old with grey plastic bumpers. So in the summertime, we would get through litres of bumper snot. glim. <laughs> That is a thing. I did a you worked, so you worked at MG though, didn't you? No. Was it MG or Rover you worked at? No, it was Aston Martin. Same no, principle. No, I worked next door. I worked at Renault. Uh, Lucas, I, I, thought, worked I, at, no, I thought you worked within the dealership. No, 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 no. I worked at Lucas Renault. And um, that was next door in, to... It, which was next door to uh, Lucas MG. Mm-hmm. And that was just as the MGF was the only car propping up the brand. Yes, I know. I had two of them. <laughs> Yes. It would have been the TF by then, I guess. Yeah, so that was like right towards the end. Um, it was literally proper. In fact, I think the dealership actually closed while I was still working at Renault. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's always been, you know, protecting or waxing the front end of the car because it always gets hammered in flies. And again, we, we mentioned it in the last podcast, windscreen sealants. Mm-hmm. I have to have it now. I've it, it has been known that we've that I have put a glass sealant on a courtesy car when I've had it. <laughs> so when Danny's uh, 325 Compact got written off, um, we were given a, a new 320DM Sport. Which you rather liked, I seem to remember. Oh, I loved it. Yes. Uh, 2000 and, well, two years ago, 2018, 2017. Awesome car. First thing I did was put a glass ceiling on the windscreen. And we had that for like seven weeks. So it made don't sense. they come with Pilkington from new? No. I don't think any, I don't think any new car comes with... A, Alpha does. Alpha Romeo's always had Pilkington. What windscreens? Yeah, I've sure. never seen them with a hydrophobic windscreen. I've seen. Um, well, yeah, because they get the heat from the factory. 
I've never seen it on the windscreen. I'm not saying it's not true. I've just never seen it. Evokes like. I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking from my experience of Alfa Romeo's, which is a one four seven. That could have just been oil mist that came out of the engine, but <laughs> yeah. it's a fantastically hydrophobic effect. You I do mean. like dual fuel cars, don't you? It's not really a fuel if it goes on your windscreen. It's and, and in fairness, didn't come out of the engine, wasn't it? The Selly Speed transmission that had to be rebuilt on your driveway at night. Yes, by one of the guys who designed the gearbox and still after taking it apart and putting in a new one with it not working, couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. So, yeah. Yeah. And so people take you, the piss what's out of me. Your, I don't know, what's your go-to, Ian, for summer prep? Summer prep? I mean, beyond the usual slapping a decent coat of wax on there before we get started, it's generally around the wheels for me. Um, yeah. More as a, I suppose, not so much going into summer, but coming out of winter. It's... Taking the wheels off, taking the um, taking all the crud that's brought up over the winter in the arches, cleaning off the barrels, giving them a decent coating, and sticking back on ready for summer. I do tend to find the brake dust like a real big problem in the summertime. In the summer, yeah, you don't you don't see, you don't find it so much over the winter. I don't if that's, no, if that's a heat issue, frankly. Or yeah, I mean, it's wet roads as well, isn't it? So if you if the roads are constantly wet, I suppose you're washing a lot. You don't bother off. braking, so. But that's right, yeah. <laughs> Just power, power through. Yeah. Like diff lock. Diff lock initiate. Very <laughs> Bert's case. I was about to say, I'm the only one here who's actually got a driver control differential on any vehicle. How's that going? The, the DCCD on the Scoob is working perfectly. Weren't you shopping for gearboxes the other day? Yeah, because I want 550 horsepower and the five-speed won't take it. So I need the six-speed, but I really want a six-speed with DCCD and long ratio, oh, which means that I need... An, I'd be more uh, worried about the chassis taking it. I've I need seen the amount of rot on it. To be no, fair. the chassis is fine. It's got everything braced, upper and lower, front and rear. It's got even a carbon fibre Z brace in the rear seats, which is very cool. A carbon fibre Z brace in the rear seats. Yeah, I can see the, the want. So basically... It, That's like telling somebody you've got titanium thread in your sock. I've got ti- no stainless in my leg. But um, yeah, no, it is. It's well braced. It's well braced. But, so why um, would you have a t- why would you have a carbon fiber brace in the seat? No, it's so if you take if you imagine the back seats on the B four. I'd rather they, not. Okay, well take the back seats out. Okay, and then normally it's two metal rods that go up, uh, kind of divide the kind of the gap between the boot and the rear area into thirds. Um, but you can replace those two metal things. Very rare. There are only four of them cast in the UK uh, with a massive great carbon fiber plate, which in- increases. Uh, Sort of twist torsional rigidity, rigidity. Anyway, so this is basically a parcel shelf support. Uh, no, it, 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 does no. it go between the parcel shelf and the floor? Yes. Okay. It's for it's for when the six by nines get installed <laughs> <laughs> on, on the uh, on the fifteen mil thick. I, I think you'll shelf. find there's already one six by nine installed, sort of off centre. Is that is that because the other one was stolen? <laughs> No, it's because the uh, random sub that he previously, the previous owner put in, only had three channels. And, and I think it. you'll find the true oh, Subaru owners never change. <laughs> I think you'll find the technical phrase is actually a sick by nine. Hey. That's how good they are. Oh yeah, <laughs> Sony Xplod for the win. No, JBL GTO, and you will never change my mind. Uh, actually, I think I've got a, an Infinity three-way, and I rather like oh, it. Infinity were pretty good, actually. Oh, Infinity to be, to be fair, when I was uh, early 20s, I managed to roll my Fiesta going about 65. Is that, the one, the, that you, is that the one that you fell out of? Yeah, the one I came out of the window <laughs> of. And then you said seatbelts were safe. Well, well, apparently not, because you should have seen where the roof would have finished up, <laughs> around, yeah. about, around about shoulder height for me. Were you sober with that one? Yeah, I was. What do you mean with that one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Insinuating something. <laughs> yes. No, I remember the the entire car was trashed, but the only thing that survived it were my Infinity Six by Nines, which flew out of the car and landed. About, <laughs> did about you catch feet them? You, no, my friend who was following in his Fiesta did. When he picked them up for me, it was his first thing he did before he came to see if I was alright. So I mate, I got your Six by Nine. You sorted. Don't worry about it. Well, funny, I've got a Six by Nine related car accident story. My first three hundred six that got attacked by a tree at about 65, 70 miles an hour. Dangerous girl, watch out. For they're those. bloody lethal, and this was at um, near Chippenham on Derry Hill. Big shout out to the tree at Derry Hill that nearly killed me and it's killed many other people, just not me um, and um, I, I basically hit a tree, ended up in a field unconscious the airbags, I woke up after the accident and then the airbags went off so the only injury I had were burns from the airbags that went off probably three or four minutes after the impact, which is good Testament sure it wasn't to... just the ambulance stuff, punching you for <laughs> stupidity No, I was, I was hidden in a field, it took a network railman and this is one of those things, I think you get on BBC Radio 2 or 4 where you get to thank somebody who you never knew but there was a man in a network rail uh, transit van who was the only one who could see down into the field in the middle of the night on a Wednesday night, May the 15th, 2005, I think it was. And um, he spotted me and he came along and said his best mate had a car accident here 10 years ago. 
Um, anyway, it's a long and tragic story, but the, 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 the long and the short of it is the following day I turned up to kind of collect bits off the car and bear in mind the head unit had come out of the out of the car through the rear window. I had a, um, I had an MDS. Oh, did, did you have a volume up impression <laughs> on your forehead? Well, no, I had an acoustic parcel shelf, which is 18 mil MDF, really thick thing. And out of that, my, my overnight bag had gone through that, through the rear window, 100 yards out the back of the car. And inside a padded camera bag, which was wrapped in cloves, I had a Fujifilm S5000, my favorite camera at the time, and it had broken from the shock despite all that insulation. But the long and the short is when, when I got back the following day, there were these little um, quad bike wheel marks going to the car and back from the car. And my six by nines, Infinity Kappa three ways, were missing. Two weeks later, just outside Andover, somebody was selling the exact set that came out of my car because the, the um, two little tweeters were loose on my one and they were loose on the one that was sold. And I went there, knocked on the door and said, can I have mine back? Um, you got these from a Moons, uh, no, from a black 306 in a field at Derry Hill. And he gave them back and shut the door in my face. So yeah, theft doesn't work. So what's your summer prep, Bert? <laughs> Um, I like to focus on paint protection. So in the winter, I use a uh, something polymer-based. Um, I don't do ceramic coatings myself because I'm too old. Um, this is... This is you, are, you are the youngest one out of the three of us, I'd like to point yes, out. Yes, but I was born 40, so technically I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just waiting for God right now. You don't now. look the youngest either. So no, no. I, I, we've, we've actually had this in a restaurant before. Yes, where people, everybody guesses my age at 45. Even Rich, who is uh, the, the wrong age of 39. He's uh, <laughs> 39 is, yeah, he looks younger than you and yes. me, actually, to be fair. And yeah, but that's just because he's short. They're presuming he's still growing. Is, yeah. yeah, no, this, I'm, is, I'm, this is all very dependent on um, having vision. What what we have done to your bonnet and yes. the front end, anyway, because a lot of the time you have bits of masking tape and drawings and writing and yeah, it's it's not because I have a have a have a child who likes to paint my car. It's because you got three. <laughs> I got three adults <laughs> who steal my car for training sessions. With We're not going to do on a good one. No, no, they never do. And um, so the car is a mismatch of different... I think I had about three different types of ceramic coating on it on different panels, but I didn't know anywhere where they were. Um, so, no, my cars are never pretty um, or, or, in fact, well-detailed. Um, but it's always a polymer coating. It's how you know you're a true detailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a mechanic's car's always falling apart. Just ask James. Um, so, Delicious. yeah, it was, I know it was a bit low. Um the uh, yeah polymer coatings at winter and then in summer I do like to do my car on a weekend I find it therapeutic I don't do it to have a clean car I do it because it's fun and once you've caressed the curves of Fujitsu Heavy Industries finest on a Sunday morning frankly nothing beats it so is that after you, my tetanus jab yeah I was just about to say is that <laughs> after you catch your hand and after I have a tetanus jab yeah no well I, I like I get back from church on Sunday and I give my car a wipe down and I'm a happy man and then is that I just what you listen call to the dealership now uh no, no, they don't open on Sundays. In fact, the nearest dealership no, for Scoobs is is about a thousand miles away. I have to venture the far side of Swindon. Um, and if anybody's watched Game of Thrones, think of it as the North. Um, How many Subaru dealers are actually left in the UK? I don't know, but the nearest to me is is Simpsons, which is kind of halfway between Swindon and Reading. Um, but I don't need dealers because I can fix most of it myself. Or I have a man called Kevin who can fix the stuff I can't. And um, generally speaking, a hammer and a set of screwdrivers, you can do anything. You know what is quite interesting, though? All three of us have said wax. Exactly. Wax for fun. Hmm. Which what is that? And well, all of our customers, we recommend coatings. I don't necessarily say we recommend them to all customers. Well... Is it majority? I, I, if, if a customer I, I, comes I, use in wax, I know I'm going to be constantly doing this wipe into my car and I'm going to be needing to use it for training. I actually want it to be scratched up every now and then so I can show people how to remove those scratches. So putting a ceramic coating on there is a little bit self-defeatist. Well, that's why you moved to South Cerny, wasn't it? Why, why did I move to South Cerny? So that your car can be regularly scratched so you can then demonstrate how it can get fixed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice being able to take the odd handbag scratch out of there, the odd cigarette burn out of, <laughs> uh, of plastic trim. It's a fantastic neighbor. Parking Wars 2020. <laughs> yes. Funnily enough, though, the Seat's actually got ceramic going on it. Well, half of it has, Oh, hang it? on a minute. We don't need to get into that. No. Well, my bonnet has got ceramic coating on it. Somewhere. Yeah, not exactly We sure don't where. know where anymore. <laughs> it's that good. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I think the... I think... I don't know. I think I've always wanted to wax cars in the summertime. I've always mm. enjoyed it. 
Um, it, it might be a nostalgic thing, you know, because I mean, I I still got my original NX Nakawa's NXT wax that oh, I bought. That was brilliant. That was NXT the two point oh. The smell, smell of Voxel performance shows around. What was the it? Yes. Was it was well, that and, and the, the sort of deodorant you get in prison. Um, what, the like smell of. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, was it green apple? Was it like green apple smell? What NXT? Yeah. No, it, it just smelled of NXT. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was a it unique was a smell. Unique it it tasted like green. It, no, it tasted like cooking apples. As opposed to it green tasted apples. like eye twitch. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like ouch. I don't. I don't know if it is, if it is nostalgic. If it was nostalgic, then I'd be out there, frankly, putting on something like SRP, which is what I used to put on a mm. Fiesta when I was you know, seventeen years old. Yeah, the smell of that brings back some memories. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. smell of it and the the arm ache when you've left it in the sun for thirty seconds too long and you have to. Um, chisel it off. It's the residue around the rubbers and that then always blow, irritated blow all me. the dust out of the rest of the car. Yeah. Mouthful of dust. But you do end up looking like you've done it in a snow globe. And or, or you've been antiqued. <laughs> well, back in the day, I remember if I'd had a good week at work, financially speaking, I'd go and treat myself to Maguire's. If it had been a so-so week, I'd go and treat myself. And this is literally just popping down Halfords. So I'd go and get something auto-glimmy. And if it had been really crap, I'd get some screen wash from Comma or something. Um, but I remember when my mind was blown from walking into Halfords and seeing Zymo on the shelf. And yes. I got the Zymo yeah. shampoo that smelled of coconut. Do you remember that? Zymo shampoo, and they had their cleaner the, 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 wax, wasn't the seal it? seal conditioner as well. Yeah. Not actually for seals, but for rubber seals. So, you rubber know, seals, yeah. yeah I, I got kicked out of... Uh, <laughs> out of the uh, Arctic. Out of the South End uh, <laughs> Aquarium for that. <laughs> yeah, there's Zymo on the shelf in Halfords, and the shampoo was fantastic. Smelled great. The cleaner wax, absolute nightmare. I think at the time I had a... Oh God, what car was it? I think I had a... a, a Old Man Pajama Blue Rover 216 GSI. Automatic, blue leather. Nice. And it used to leave horrendous dark patches all over it. It doesn't, <laughs> didn't matter how you did it. And I think in the end, the fix was to apply it, buff it off, and then mist water on, and then buff it with water. Do you remember doing shit like that? Swears. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. No swears. No swears. No swears. Naughty. Sorry. Into the jar. Or do, doing it with a, a slightly damp foam applicator. Oh, yeah. Yes. Foam applicators. Yeah. I think some of the so, AGs. Yeah, well, okay, it. but going back to the wax, if you walk into the workshop now, wax a car, you open the cupboard, what wax do you pick out? Oh. I know it's a bit of an on the spot question. Yeah, it's it's just, depends on the car. I mean, no, it doesn't depend no. on the car. Okay, really. for me, for me, and I, you know, I have always been a, a, a strong advocate for Dodo Juice, mm-hmm. but there has to be two for me. Me too. There has to be two. So my. All-time favourite, and I have to say this, my all-time favourite has got to be Swiss Vaxonics. Mm-hmm. It smelled incredible. I think it was mangoes. It went on like butter, and it buffed off incredibly well. It was slick, it was shiny, it was really hydrophobic. It didn't last very long, but it was just such a joy to use. Second to that, I think my all-time favourite wax has to be Supernatural Hybrid. Mm-hmm. I think for what it gives, the cost of it, the application... I don't think that there's any competition out there for me personally. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to agree on the well I, again, I've never personally had tins of Swiss facts cuz I never spent that much money on stuff for me. Um it was it was dodo juice was as high as I was going to go and it, it has to be said on a car like if, if if I was doing my parents car it would be it would be SNH it would be supernatural hybrid uh easy to go on really lasted well um but f- on my own pride and joy on fritz the the big black german audi um it's always purple haze and it doesn't last as long as the other ones it's by no means a perfect wax it's old school but it's just what i enjoy using and it's kind of become a tradition it is a really good wax though yeah Again, at the risk of this becoming a, a dodo juice so <laughs> for, you know, it's me for a, for a hard wax paste wax going to be hard candy yeah Love the stuff, love the smell. Um, for for generic work, though, it's Colonite 845 still. Yeah, 845's the paste wax, yeah. The, the liquid it's wax. The liquid wax. Ah, oh, see, I don't think that's a wax. We've had this conversation before. It is a liquid. It's a, it's a wax. It calls oh, itself it's, a liquid it just, paste it, wax. It it's a polymer. Ow. It's a polymer. It's not made out of carbon well, so, wax. So, oh, it's supernatural hybrid, then. Well, that's, that's no, because exactly no, that, that it's, is, it's got carnauba in it as well. Yeah, but that's, that that is a wax. With I think I think Colour Eight Four Five is closer to a, a an actual wax than any of the hybrids. I'm going to go wild and say Nine Fifteen Concourse Delegance mm-hmm. wax as well is rather good from Colour Or P Triple Two. P 
Peter obviously was fantastic. Yeah. For a show, Rex, I mean, if you want to do the, the last wall on the weekend, then you're out. Like, I but... think somewhere. Oh, do you know what else was really good? Do you remember Natty's Paste Wax? Oh, yes. <laughs> Chemical I've... Guys Butter Wax. Yeah, Butter Wax. Butter Wet Wax. Butter Wet Wax. Black Hole. Mm-hmm. That was a good yeah. one. But White yeah, I've, in fact, do you know what? This, this reminds I'm, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to, when I get back up north, I'm going to have a look through my uh, box. On next I've, week's trip, then, nostalgia. Well, I've, lane. Got, I've got a 50 gram R222, nearly untouched. Mm-hmm. I've got the remainder of some Natty's Pace White, because that's what I used to slather all over my BMWs at shows. And uh, I've got all of the Dodo Juice Waxes, because mm. we used to be Dodo authorized. Um, but I'll have to dig it all out, have a look, yeah. have a play. Mm. Um, so, what have been up to recently, car-wise? Anything dramatic happening, detailing or anything like that? Well, not detailing related, but the, the other working car in the household that's not mine is a Peugeot Expert L2 TP disabled conversion vehicle that we use to move dogs around. Long story, don't ask. Um, have you been taking the water out of the rear tail light? No, no, I'm still keeping that in there because I'm starting That's to see... The fish would die otherwise. Well, I, I was worried it was Daphne that I've got growing in there um, and a bit bloodworm. But I was... Uh, we've got a site mystery. The power steering on those vehicles is a hybrid between electric and hydraulic. And when I got it, the pipe had burst and, and uh, fluid was going everywhere and it's bright red. And I remember um, a partner came back and said, the steering's really heavy. And I was like, yeah, you're just being a bit, bit, bit pathetic. And I, then I, I, w- I wouldn't do the impressions if I... I think she may actually listen to this. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, carry on then. On. Ten minutes into the first video we did two years ago, and that's it. Um, but no, and it started bleeding all over the place. So I, I bravely, at about seven o'clock at night, on a hell of a gale, there was a storm, lightning, thunder, and gremlins. Um, and I went to Halfords and got some uh, new power steering fluid, put that in, felt very proud and manly. Um, came back in about five minutes later and noticed it was all over the driveway because it had just gone straight through the system. So anyway, we had those pipes fixed. New from Peugeot was about 600 quid, so we just fixed the existing ones. I say we, it was just one other bloke called Alex. Thank you very much, Alex. And um, then it's also dropped a bit of oil and we fixed the sump plug. So it theoretically is completely watertight. Problem is, uh, every time I move it on the driveway, there is a large patch of something and I've licked it I've sniffed it I've touched it I've put it in my eye and I can't tell if it's PAS fluid if it's engine oil uh, if it's tranny juice I, I just don't know um, that sounds disgusting don't ever use that phrase again really I quite like it's all mineral it's it's kind of anyway transmission um, fluid is the correct phrase okay <laughs> I like tranny juice I don't want to know. Whatever you go <laughs> to, to that, it, that is on his grinder profile. <laughs> it is, yeah. Does this smell like rehypnol to you? <laughs> Got me kicked out of Halfords twice. Um, but anyway, uh, so that's the mystery at present, is that it is emitting a juicy fluid of some description, and I don't know what the steering still works, the engine still works, 2 liter HDI, 120 PS for the win, and um, at some point it's going to break down, and seeing as I seem to be the only one driving it around at the moment, helping people moving house, I don't know which road I'm going to break down on. All I know is that there's going to be a road and I'm going to break down on it. So that's that's the update from the world of Bert. Sorry, your old habits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, business is normal. Uh, a five, I think the only thing I did was just before into lockdown, I stuck a Accumate charger in there because the battery tends to just drain out for absolutely no reason. I say no reason, I think it's probably because the dash cam I put on there has a drip feed and it's down to 11.6 volts every time. Um, so I put the... Uh, I put the uh, trickle charger on there, uh, thinking you know, I'll, be, I'll be leaving it outside at work for uh, for the next few months, and so that was great for a couple of weeks. And then I got bored of driving my my girlfriend's Renault Capture around, so I went and dumped that at work. And the Audi's been at home ever since, so it's uh, it's been getting weekly runs to and from Asda. Uh, only other thing is yeah, your the journey t- your journey time is reduced to Astra to uh, Asda. I heard you can now make it in six minutes. No, not 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 the distance I travel to it. It's a it's a re- it's really long way actually. I have to go all the way down the Bottom end of the M4, all the way back, back up, up again. And, and yep. then one more, two, two, two of those little It's laps. that one-way system. It's an absolute it's, pain. Oh, yeah. If you miss the turning. Yeah, loops no, you around Bristol. So that's, that's why you have to put your foot down to just to make up the time a little bit. Yeah, yeah that'll uh, set up and cool. Only other job is, the thing I've been waiting to do for ages, is get the wheels refurbed. Because just before I bought it, the guy managed to put both uh, passenger side wheels straight into a curb. It looked like he'd done a Dukes of Hazard over a roundabout. Yeah, I, I, I think so. So uh, that, those need to re- be refurbed. A couple of new pilot sports to get on there. Uh, and probably the tracking redone as well at some point. <laughs> yeah. We should get that looked at. But 
Yeah, maybe when I take the wheels off for the post-winter clean. Well, you don't like your wheels or your tyres, so we're just going to have tyre chat with Burton Ian. Um, James and I both agree about what the best tyre is. I'm going to say you're thinking Conti's. No, 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 no they're the ones you've got on it. Yeah, I haven't got exactly. on there. No, you you've haven't. Got, um, Eagle F ones. You've got no. Eagle F one GS threes. They're appalling. They're on that, on awesome. that car, yeah, on that car they're appalling. I run them on my leggy and they're brilliant. Yeah, but you don't run them on a on a, on a Quattro. No, but I had it on. I had them on. I, well, yeah, they, they, no, you're right. They I, do not have the grip for that car. I had them. Looking pilot sports. I had them on my Mark Five GTI and they were awesome. I, I had to- Toyota R1 proxies on my oh, MGF. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doesn't oh, mean I'm going to put R1 proxies on, yeah, a, on a I had those on a Hawkeye Impreza, and I bloody loved I, those. They, they're fantastic. Yeah. I've had uh, uh, Sport Maxes. Sport Maxes. SP on, Sport Max are brilliant. Yeah, on, on my, on my uh, Mini. Absolutely untouchable. Very Not on D2 Audi, though. I light, bought an but a lightweight car, I and will, that's where they excel. I will, I will argue the fact that they're no good on a D2, because when my dad had a D2 4.2 Sport, he was going through Pilot Sport 2s like there was no tomorrow, and he switched to Dunlop SP Sport Max, and they were incredibly good. But Pilot Sport 2s and 3s were renowned for absolutely burning through Pilot Sports 4s. Well, they're eggy. That was the problem we had, because the the S-line suspension on the D2 combined with the 20-inch forged alloys, there's no give, so Mm -hmm. the tyres just get bubbling. Um, but the PS4 is supposed to be a very good tyre, actually. Yeah, the, the only other one was the, was the Conti Sport 5s. Mm. The only <laughs> thing I don't like about Conti Sports is that they only give you half a tyre. Mm. So the shoulders <laughs> the shoulders are almost worn out. The Bridgestone Pretenders, as I call them, are the same. You get them with like six which, and a half Which Pretenders? There, there are so many variants. Well, the, the ones that BMWs came with on the... Or RE40s. They could be SO. Scoobs came with RE40s, which were rubbish. RE90s or something. RE70s are good. But yeah, as far as cars go, I've managed to recommission Percy Pig. Percy Pig, your Peugeot 306 race car? Percy Pig, the track car, is running again. It does smell a bit like fire inside. I don't (laughs) like to leave the battery connected when I'm not looking at it, so I'm not sure it's 100% back together. But it does run, and I have driven it around a closed industrial estate, and it moves. Well, you sent me a naughty video of that, and it does sound very fruity. Yeah, hopefully I'll get that on the road in time for more relaxed driving. Um, Well, the hope is that you get Percy Pig sorted, I'll get Uncrashable 2 rebuilt, and then we can go and do track days and... We're just down from Castle Coombe. You can more or less smell tyre burning when, when it comes to Castle Coombe from, from where we are now. Not the moment, though. Not the moment, because they ain't doing nothing. And uh, I happen to know the guy who runs the events there, Tom, so we may well be able to get in and have some wild times in our Eat race off. cars. We could convince Ian to get an MGF trophy. That you don't need to convince fun. me to get an MGF trophy. I just need somewhere to put it. But I'm more than happy to uh, to bring the Renault Capture down to the track <laughs> and give you a pasting. Well, we need to get home. <laughs> one five DCI, baby. We do well, need to get home afterwards. So. Well, then, no, 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 you see, I've got a cunning plan. Is we, we used to have a big three and a half ton box trailer, which I've sold. But is if we get a transporter, I can tow Uncrashable 2 behind either Fritz or Vod or Boris. Oh, so you'll have all of your broken cars in one place. Well, no, because I can only tow with one car and then well, tow there. But I can basically, I've got three tow cars. And they can all take just about, Boris is a bit shaky, but they can all just about take the weight of a scoop and a flatbed and a spare pair of tyres. So, you know, we can go reliably. Um, but the A5 will tow. Well, it doesn't have a knob. Well, it's I'm driving. <laughs> 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 uh, right, that's the end. Yeah. <laughs>